if the U.S. government, the media, the legal system, and the church can't keep democracy alive. It's time for a state sale, a podcast on American democracy, because America is better than this. All right. Welcome to a state sale coup attempt edition. I'm Lori Lattimore Volkman, and this is Brad Rayleigh, and I'm skipping the regular introduction because what the fuck? (laughs) (laughs) Quick recap, everybody. On Wednesday, while the Senate and the House Republicans are pretending that they're baseless lies about a fraudulent election to placate their narcissistic racist leader could have no consequences, a huge mob of Trump supporters carrying Confederate flags stormed the Capitol, practically aided by the Capitol Police, forcing a lockdown on the building and the room where our elected officials, supposedly of the world's previously greatest democracy, were certifying a fair election and held our government hostage. Four people were shot, one woman died, and about 200 Republican lawmakers just proved to us that they don't deserve to serve this country. So, Brad, where do we start? (laughs) Holy shit. Yeah, so let's let's back up just a little bit, um, just because uh, you know, uh, let's. This has been you know the the history of our podcast, right? We we would start to talk about X, and then something would happen. Now, yeah, it's we're just lucky we didn't do this podcast on Monday, where the only thing we would be consumed by was the president of the United States in an hour long phone call that was recorded because uh, you know Republicans in Georgia wanted to cover their ass um, of him berating, extorting, belittling. Uh, cajoling, badgering uh, the state <laughs> into into somehow overthrowing their election for an hour. He rambled on for a fucking hour. And then Tuesday was an election in Georgia. We forgot about that. There's an election in Georgia where where progressives actually uh, won both of those runoff elections stunningly. I mean, and it wasn't even close. Yes, it was close. Well, Ossoff was close, right? He did get past the half percent that would require a recount. So, we're oh, okay. You know, so I wake up yesterday morning because I, I couldn't watch the returns. I just couldn't put myself through that on Tuesday. So I, I went to bed, got up in the morning. I dreamt about the Georgia election, woke up the next morning and was trying to find out what was going on. By that time, Warnock had been called, I think, and Ossoff was too close to call. And so, you know, you're thinking, okay, this is this is amazing, actually. And you can tell that 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 the Biden people were pretty sure at some point that Ossoff won because they nominated uh uh, Merrick Garland for, for attorney general, because otherwise they would have kept him in that federal judgeship because they would be worried about being able to replace him. They also wanted somebody in here who wouldn't have to recuse themselves for any Trump related stuff like a Sally Yates or somebody like that. I'm feeling this buzz. I'm also getting into some fights with some uh, progressives who are being dicks about, you know, sort of already starting the the uh, circular firing squad at each other. And I'm like, we just we just won. Just shut the hell up. And then, you know, we turn to uh, and I start sort of watching. I'm watching on Twitter and then we get, you know, Rudy Giuliani stepping up to the podium and saying, what was the phrase? Trial by combat. Trial by combat. Seems a lot to me like inciting, especially after what we saw. And then, of course, the sitting president of the United States got up and and whined his way through another 
avalanche of bullshit what he was referring to 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 uh, the ballots come in but this is what he does it just spews out all this bullshit all these lies i'm watching this kind of on twitter and all of a sudden i see somebody post something that says hey there these people are trying to get into the capitol i'm like wait and so then it was about noon here when i realized that this this mob had had broken into the capitol and was you know it was on it was completely shocking even though it still wasn't a surprise. Like we've known this yeah. possibility is likely just because of the way it's progressed over the last four years and has kept escalating, but you still think to yourself, no way, no right. way will it happen. Right. <laughs> and then it did. And I was like, I didn't even quite notice right away until people were pointing it out how much the police were not fighting back. I'm still waiting to see some real answers on that. I don't get it at all. I mean, other than being actual insiders, but they clearly don't know their job. I mean, it, I, I, I don't know. And then as multiple people and, and especially black leaders pointed out, this wasn't how it went down against with those Black Lives Matter marches at all. <laughs> like, you know, 14,000 arrests compared to 13. And these are people actually truly attempting a coup and they're in there taking pictures and laughing and they're taking selfies with the police and i don't know i i'm yeah. i'm disgusted and i'm enraged and i'm also like really like i'm still shocked we could that that was america even though yeah. this is america like this this faction is very right. much our america i'm just still surprised our government allowed it and that's what's outrageous. And this is why, you know, Lindsey Graham can go fuck himself because he is as culpable for this. I mean, it's not just okay for him to say, you know, these two people were lawfully elected and we need to end this violence. What he right. needs to do is get up there and apologize for enabling this to have gotten to this point for the last four years. He right. is responsible. Mitch McConnell is responsible. Ted Cruz is responsible. Rudy Giuliani and Donald Trump responsible. Yeah. Ultimately, the reason we were even at this point is people like Lindsey Graham who allowed Trump to be Trump and allowed our government to, you know, let its guard down and our democracy to be chipped away for four years. And not you know, even just chipped away, like beaten down. Yeah, from Twitter, somebody said that that quickly escalated over four years. Yeah. I mean, I, I would even take it back to the Tea Party and say the exact same thing happened with Republicans like Grassley and Graham then, because then they, they were dismissive of the Tea Party. Oh, they're too radical, whatever. We don't like them. And then they realized they could win elections with them. And so all along the way, they've been willing to actually set aside truth um, and objective reality. It happened all the way through Trump's term, all the way through his campaign. And then we get to since November 3rd, since the election, when the count became very clear that Biden won a very strong um, uh, election. Honestly, I think Mitt Romney probably is the only one who, who acknowledged Biden's win uh, really directly early on. Of course, they hate him anyway, so it doesn't really matter. But the rest of them privately they say, yeah, Biden won. But, you know, what does it hurt to let him this stuff? And so they, they repeated Marco Rubio, all of these fuckers repeated it. And so you get this this kind of bullshit where people are like, well, there are all these questions. There are all these questions, Lori, that people have raised. And I'm like, yeah, that what they've done is they have spread lies, spread lies, spread lies. And then they turn around and use those lies that they created and enabled to say, hey, well, people have questions. Well, yeah, they have questions because you refuse to tell them the truth.
55 court cases found no fraud. The Supreme Court found no fraud. The Republican elected Secretary of State in Georgia said we counted these three times. There is no fraud. I mean, (laughs) and said, Mr. President, we just don't agree with you that there's fraud. The one time that they did find some fraud, it was a Republican. The fraud was revealed in the Washington Post on Sunday, by the way, because I mean, when you're when you're when you're browbeating election officials to overturn, that's actual fraud. So one of the interesting things that happened yesterday, I think, is the thing that I've been waiting to happen since Trump took office, because as you and I have talked about, uh, whoever it was in the NFL said uh, they were who we thought they were. Um, We've known that this is who Trump is, that he is a he is a transactional human. He uses people in a way that helps him. And when they cease to be of help to him, he's done with them. So we've seen that happen. So the most interesting thing that happened yesterday, and in some ways the most infuriating, was Mike Pence. And we've been seeing this train wreck coming because Mike Pence, while he is not nearly as smart as some people give him credit for, he's not a complete idiot. And he can't read. So he looked and he saw that the the VP in terms of yesterday was largely performance and that he was there to simply, you know, go through the the motions and certify this election and and away we go. And so he told before Trump went down to his little Klan rally, (laughs) which is no longer uh, hyperbole, by the way, he went down to his Klan rally. But before he did that, Mike Pence uh, had told him directly, had said, I am not going to overthrow this election because I can't. He told him that. And so when Trump got up there on his little stage and said, well, we're waiting to see if Mike Pence is going to do the right thing. He knew the answer. He was already furious and he was already evidently fuming. He is furious at Mike Pence to the point that he has banned Mike Pence's um, chief of staff from the White House. Really? I didn't know that. (laughs) And so he's furious at Mike Pence. So here's what he did. This is what a stochastic terrorist does. He actually just throws out these little things and then turns around. And when people take him up on it, he's like, well, I didn't tell him to do that. I just said, you know, uh, if Mike Pence doesn't do what I want him to do, I'm not going to be happy with him. I'm not going to like him as much, you know, and then knowing that. And so when those fuckers stormed the Capitol, and got in there. They were shouting for Mike Pence. They wanted to see him. Yeah. Donald Trump has put Mike Pence's life in danger. Knowingly, knowingly put a put a target on his head and said, yeah, he, he's a traitor to me. I hate him. That's essentially what he said. Yeah. He endangered his life. You know, to all these journalists who are trying to act like they don't know whether this was planned or whether it just occurred you know, in the moment with this mob at the Capitol, there's documented tweets from the president talking about January 6th. They had t-shirts, you know, civil war, January 6th, 2021. And like this woman on Twitter is like, they had freaking merch. (laughs) Of course it was planned. This was part of the plan. It's inciting violence. You could absolutely file a lawsuit on the first amendment against him, you know. So, by the way, Lynn Wood, I did a little deep dive into his Twitter feed the other day, and it was it was stunning. He was calling for the vice president of the United States to, to be lined up and shot. This was absolutely foreseeable, not just in a, a years of time, but in the last couple of days. I mean, Trump has been tweeting nonstop. January 6th, be there. You know, we got to keep fighting. Mike Pence, that fucker, was saying the exact same thing. He was speaking to a conservative audience just the other day and saying, we will continue to fight. He's been sucking up to this man consistently. 
in the Tulsa newspaper, there was an interview with Jim Inhofe, who is a shit bag of monstrous of levels. Um, <laughs> but evidently, he's known Mike Pence for a long time back, uh, back. And evidently, I this has pushed Inhofe over the edge in terms of really being mad at Trump, I think. But he said that Mike Pence is furious. He's never seen Mike Pence this angry. And that Pence is saying, after all the things I've done for Trump, this is what he does to me. And I'm like, you fucking moron. If you didn't see that happen with Jim Mattis, if you didn't see that happen with Tillerson, if you didn't see that would happen with any of the people who were, you know, went from being the brightest people that, that Trump only hired the best people to calling them complete morons and idiots, never should have been close to the job, couldn't handle it, whatever. Then if you didn't know that you were going to be under that bus, then you are too fucking dumb to hold office for sure. You right. should probably have a driver's license. Kind of surprised we haven't seen Trump throw Lindsey Graham under the bus yet. Except Graham is such a weasel, he'd escape just to run under another bus. <laughs> Speaking of Graham, that mother effer's speech on Wednesday night was embarrassing. Because on one hand, he claimed he didn't agree with the Pennsylvania court majority refusing to unseat the state electors. But on the other hand, he said we have to acknowledge that Biden and Harris lawfully won the election. Obviously good that he said that, but it just shows that he he is just playing to whichever audience he's speaking to at the time. I mean, we just saw, we just saw today, video of him getting harassed in the Washington airport by all these Trump supporters angry at him, calling him a traitor, saying, He's not fighting. You know, he knows they rigged the election. Why isn't he doing anything about it? And as my one of my favorite Pod Save America guys pointed out on Twitter, well, <laughs> Graham did say they rigged the election. <laughs> like, what did he expect? And then Lindsay comes out with his tweet. You know, I couldn't agree more with Biden's statement. It's time to retake the Capitol, end the violence, stop the madness. It's time to move forward governing our nation. Our differences are real, but the love of our nation overwhelms those differences. I mean, give me a fucking break. Yeah. You have got to be kidding me. Was it Franklin Graham trying to pretend like Antifa was out there yes. too? And he's yes. like, I don't condone the violence, of course, but Antifa was out there. Like, no, no, no. Actually, what he said is the, the only people doing violence were probably Antifa. And who was he to tell somebody waving a flag and just uh, protesting that they should go home, you know, as if that's all they were doing. But yes, I mean, it, so so the guys that are are uh, the, the, the guy that, that went into Nancy Pelosi's office, put it, put his feet up on her desk, stole yeah. a piece of mail, left a quarter, went out and bragged about it. Uh, bragged about being he's on, on social media, he has bragged about being a, a white nationalist in the sense that he says, I'm white and I'm also a nationalist. And, you know, I'm proud of that. He's willing to die of a, a, a violent death. These are the people that Franklin Graham saying, well, they must be Antifa because Franklin Graham, he's a fucking moron. Sorry. He, he, yes, but he knows he knows they're not. That's just his way of trying to justify their involvement and his followers' involvement and Trump supporters and his support of Trump is to be like, yeah. well, we weren't being violent, we were just protesting. As if the, he was fine with the protest by Black Lives Matter, right? That was all fine, right. it was their right to protest. Right. 
last I checked, Antifa doesn't run around with the Confederate flag, you know, all over the place. Like the only people storming that Capitol were Trump supporters with Trump yeah. flags draped on them, Confederate flags. Right. I, I, I'm no longer impressed that Nicolas Cage was able to steal the decoration. Yeah, right. <laughs> oh, God, these to, people. If you're white, you can just walk in and do whatever you want. I'm following people like uh, Jamar Tisby and other uh, African-American activists and writers. And they're not shocked. They're not shocked by that, but, but they are disheartened. They're disheartened by the fact that that white America is going well, wait, what just happened? And they're like, hey, we've been dealing with this for 300 years. I mean, they, these are these are the same people. These are the same people who, who, who are doing this. One thing yesterday did, I think, is I think it pushed some people out of their cocoon. Um, and again, we can talk about the fact that that where their line was is bullshit. I mean, they were fine, <laughs> with, yeah. they were fine with tear gassing protesters to have a hold up a Bible oh, in front yeah. of the church. They were fine with putting kids in cages. They were fine with banning uh, uh, Muslim uh, refugees. They were fine with lying about the, the the virus, all those things. But that said, yesterday we saw some people take some stances that I have not seen them take. Mitch McConnell stood up for the election, and he did it in a weaselly way, and he still took shots at the Democrats and blah, blah, blah. Uh, Al Mohler actually blamed President Trump. Uh, for inciting this violence. Uh, that surprised me, although he refuses to say that he was wrong in, in voting for him. He's like, well, man, yeah, man, you know. Bill Barr came out and said that that was a dereliction of duty. You and I both agree that that's bullshit, but, but where it is and what it is, look, I think there are Republicans who are closer to Pence than they are to, to Trump, and they don't like Trump anyway, so they're seeing exactly what happened. Pence was in a secured room in the Capitol. They couldn't safely take him out of the Capitol. That's how dangerous it was. The vice president of the United States, the next in the chain of command, and, and, and Donald Trump has taken pot shots at him over Twitter. That is something that a lot of Republicans, that was the line that was too far, you know. And Trump refused to ask them to stand down. You know, he refused yes. for hours to, to yes. tweet anything to ask them to do it, despite several pleas saying, please, Mr. President, you, that you're the only one who can do this. And he refused. There's, there's... And they acted like that. they were shocked. Like, yeah. you've got to be kidding me. If he has to admit any kind of wrongdoing, he just won't do it. He won't. Right. There's a thread out there that's suggesting that Mike Pence is essentially acting as president right now, even though the 25th Amendment has not been invoked. Um, and we'll talk about that in a second. But part of that had to do with calling in the National Guard, which evidently in D.C. is under the, the federal control. The mayor of D.C. was asking for help, and then Virginia sent in some National Guard later. Uh, Sarah Posner, who, who has written on, on religion and politics, she was like, holy fucking shit. This was her tweet, and it was, it was about the DOD turning down a request for the National Guard. Now, then the National Guard actually arrived later. The stories are, and this has been confirmed in terms of, of that actually it was Mike Pence who authorized that, not Donald Trump. Now, what we don't know, this is the part that we don't know, was Trump asked and he and he said, no, uh, we do know we have reports from inside there that he was practically giddy at watching these people take over the Capitol because it was going to delay the certification. We know that. And again, that doesn't surprise you and me, but it does seem to surprise some people. He was asked, he said, do you want to bring in the National Guard? He's like, no, these are my people. The Secretary of Defense, by the way, who because Esper was fired and we know now Part of that was because of something exactly like this, because Esper, for all of his shit, would never have put up with that. He, he would have right. had the National Guard in there immediately. 
that acting defense secretary evidently deferred to uh, to Pence on this, which is interesting to me. Getting back to the 25th Amendment, uh, April Ryan was reporting last night, and I was I was stunned when I saw it that they were actually having a conversation about the 25th Amendment. Now, once it, you know Mike Pence has had a target put on his forehead. Uh, and with a uh, go ahead and shoot him kind of order from Trump, uh, maybe he's finally figured it out and maybe he will is willing to actually do something like this. I'm, I'm curious what you think about that in the sense of I mean, we have said at, at, you know, Charlottesville when the book came out about the virus and how he admitted that he had lied about it. You know, there were a lot of people that were like, well, that's going to be the breaking point. And you, of course, said, nope, it won't be. <laughs> and you were right. He was in the Oval Office alone with Russian spies, having a conversation with them, joking with them, telling them that he had fired Comey because of the Russian investigation. That wasn't enough. That wasn't enough to do anything. But what, for whatever reason, and maybe it's because he's lost, if he'd have won, of course, they, these fuckers would still be uh, kowtowing to him. Absolutely. Because he's lost, and now they know that they've lost the Senate, too, that they... Uh, uh, I, I think we may finally see the rats try to flee the sinking ship. And I'm curious what you think about that. I mean, if Charlottesville wouldn't do it, if allowing Russian meddling wouldn't do it, if bribing a foreign agent for personal gain in the election wouldn't do it, if lying about the coronavirus and many in his circle actually financially benefiting wouldn't do it while millions of Americans got sick and died, why do we think anyone is going to stop him? in this final crazy bid or is going to turn on him. Uh, Mitt Romney is the only one in terms yeah. of from the election forward has, has clean hands on this. Cause I think he's actually been pretty consistent he was pissed last night. I mean, in the last month alone, he's repeated a baseless lie that he's tried to bribe his way into being true. He tried to pressure Georgia into giving him votes. He never had. He tried to pressure Pence to overturn the election that he had no power to do. So he incited the in attempted coup on the American government, his base is there and he's doing all this for them. And the Republicans who are staying with him are doing so because they're calculating that this is their best way to stay in his favor and to gain that base when they run for president in 2024 or they run for re-election in 2022 or whatever. It's a political calculation. and. If they didn't do it before and they, they've gone to this point, I think the only thing we're going to see is the backpedaling from the more astute politicians like Graham and McConnell who know they need to do that for their political livelihood. But most of these guys who have followed Trump you know, into the depths of hell are going to stay with him. And <laughs> hopefully it will be to their peril. By the way, if we go back to yesterday morning, uh, before the insurrection, uh, <laughs> one of the things that was actually happening on Twitter when, when it was clear that Ossoff was going to win power brokers in the Republican Party, there was a lot of anger because like uh, Gabriel Sperling, I think, who's the uh, guy in Georgia who did his Monday um, uh, litany of all the things that the president said that were false about the Georgia election. Um, he said he said that, that, that the reason that, that they lost those two seats was was Donald Trump uh, in the Twitter feed. They said that they had polling from the Senate uh, stuff that they thought, actually, that their two people who are two horrible, horrible humans, by the way, right. were in good shape until Hawley and his others started his little thing. And then they made it about the election, the, the, the presidential election, not about the recall. 
And that's when that started to go decline. And within Mitch McConnell's circle, there was a lot of saying it's time to go to war with the Trump people because they're the ones who caused this. This was all before the insurrection stuff. Right. We had actually, as we get up to the rally, uh, we have people like Eric Trump and his, uh, I can't remember which one's the dumber one. I, I really Eric. don't. Uh, uh, yeah. And then the other one is, is Don Jr., who is just constantly high. Um, but <laughs> right. they both actually essentially threatened any Republican who did not stand up and object to the election with a primary and that they personally were going to go uh, after them. Donald Trump has essentially uh, uh, said that itself. He said in his rally on Monday in Georgia, he said, I'll be back in two years to campaign against Brian Kemp. I'll, I'll be back to do this. So, so they've, they've declared war on anybody who doesn't line up with the cult. And, and if anybody has any concerns about this being a cult, I give you the last couple of days because that's what cults do. I mean, it's all about the personality. It's all about this human uh, who, again, will throw his vice president who has been with his lips firmly pressed to, to, to as, and I can't do it. I can't do the image. But he has been he has been kissing up to Trump for four years and he is now, uh, you know, under a death threat because of, of this. Um, you know, that that kind of infighting is. I have to say, I'm looking at it from the outside. And if we can survive this, this is something that feels like we said not that long ago. Yeah, right. If we can survive this, if we can get to, to January 20th and get and get Biden and his people in there, there's a possibility that this might be a, a good, ultimately a good thing in the sense that, that we now know who all of these people are. And some of the Republicans who thought they could live with the scorpion or the snake or whatever the metaphor is, um, <laughs> now know they can't. If they're willing to go after uh, Brian Kemp, who is one of the most awful governors in uh, in America. I mean, he's not as bad as DeSantis, but he's awful close. I mean, he's you know, he's yeah. he's an idiot. He did the same thing on mass, all that kind of stuff. But if they're willing to go after them as not being uh, pure enough as as Republicans, then the Republicans are looking at a, a constant battle of every election of being primary between some nut job QAnon supporter and somebody who sees themselves as some kind of uh, constitutional conservative. And that can only be good for progressives, I think. But. Yeah, well, I certainly think we're seeing, you know, some fractures within the party, which I agree can only be good. I just don't see, you know, a major exodus of Republicans and conservatives <laughs> from the party. <laughs> what Republicans should do right now, I mean, there's all this question over the 25th Amendment, invoke the 25th Amendment, or do we impeach? I kind of feel like the 25th Amendment lets him off the hook a little bit. I want to see the guy, you know, drawn and quartered. So I would, I would much rather see impeachment. And I realize that's near impossible to get that Republican Senate to vote for removal and get the 67 votes we would need. But it would be in their best interest. I mean, most of these guys should look at Trump as a liability and a menace to their own political lives. You would think that if they removed him via impeachment, he can't run again. He cannot be in their way in 2024. So, you know, it's this, like I said, it was this weird calculation where Cruz and Hawley are looking at the base and they don't want to upset the base. And so they're going to take Trump with them, even though they could remove Trump now and keep Trump out of the way and you know, fight for those voters themselves, which proves really how spineless they are. They don't even think they could win on their own merits. <laughs> Just a bunch of losers. 
And I, I want to point out, by the way, that calculation is a calculation. It's not a done deal. There's no, there's no, that the, this kind of cult following, since it has no ideological kind of coherence to it, it really doesn't. Um, it doesn't necessarily mean you can just plug and play with that. You can't just, yeah. I mean, we see that in all sorts of coalitions. You can't just take this personality out and put another one in and say, well, you know, they'll, they'll just, all they have to do is say populism or, you know. Right. Uh, Prior to the actual speech on the floor yesterday morning, even before the insurrection, his plea to Republicans, you know, when he got them all on the phone and, and apparently Josh Hawley was supposed to be there, but he wasn't even on the phone. His plea was, we, if we try to say that the electoral votes, that the electoral college is fraudulent, all that does is lay the path for getting rid of the electoral college. And let's look at elections the last however many decades. Republicans have not won the popular vote most of the time. They bought that. I think George W. Bush won it. And that's in right. the last, last uh, 25, 30 years. That's the last that's the last one to do it. So they need the Electoral College. So to sow distrust in the Electoral College does not help the ultimate cause. And yet, you know, even evil, vindictive Mitch McConnell cannot convince his party to go along with the big picture. It's like, it was interesting because it's to me, it's the first time he has actually lost some control there. Side note, I hope all these lawmakers recognize now, when you leave your office for anything, shut down your freaking computer. My buddies is, is an IT, well, I have several friends who are IT professionals, but he, he said, this is an IT uh, nightmare because he said, he said exactly, he said, if there's one foreign agent in that mob, which is not, Impossible. Unlikely. In right. fact, incredibly likely. Um, all they had to do is a little USB drive and put a key logger in there or something like that. And they're inside the system. And I'm sure there's a lot of IT people within the Capitol who are very aware of that. But man, that is just unbelievable. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if you saw this on Twitter. Somebody went to a local hotel in Washington last night and there were all these Trump people kind of chilling after all this had happened without wearing masks in a lobby in a hotel where they said you have to wear a mask all that kind of stuff and all of them i think have this kind of inflated sense that they are uh they're going to get away with all of this and yet they're posing for pictures as being broadcast across twitter parlor i'm sure um facebook all the, all the places and the, and the fbi has face recognition software that, that a lot of these people are i know I mean, they're sitting there posing and smiling. That is stunning. And, and I, we are seeing exactly the repercussions, again, of, of the right wing lying to them, lying to them, lying to them, lying to them, them eating it up. People of faith um, abdicating their responsibility to actually stand for the truth. Well, so let's not forget the right wing media in all this. Britt Hume, who is actually old school Fox News and a previously sort of mainstream journalist with a conservative mindset. Right. So he should know better. He's not Sean Hannity, you know. Right. He's on Twitter today saying it's Antifa. I'm like, oh no, no, you don't get to do that. If we hadn't won the election, yes, it would be this still on steroids. You know, it would be these guys they make up the story, then they report it like it's real. 
Then they get people behind it. So then it becomes a question that everyone's talking about in the media. And then it's, it's act, an actual issue we have to deal with, even though it's all made up to begin with. These guys actually deciding to storm the Capitol because they think the election was stolen. I mean, I think probably most of that mob believes it was stolen. Oh yeah, absolutely. All the evidence is not true, but the reason they don't know that is because of Fox News, OAN News, Newsmax, and right. Josh Hawley and Ted Cruz and all those people standing up in the oh. mainstream media, you know, with mainstream media outlets covering them saying it's, it's questionable, it's yeah. fraud, and it's bullshit. Yeah. Uh, there was an interesting piece put out, and I'll see if I can find it and send it to you, by the, the mayor of, uh, maybe he may be the former mayor of Oklahoma City, I'm not sure. He's a, he's a Republican. He had this story about how early in his political career, he would be confronted by somebody saying something to him that was false. And it was, you know, that kind of thing. It's, you know, the John McCain moment where somebody says, you know, I think Obama's a Muslim, you know, that kind of thing. That kind of thing. And he said, he said, you know, Early on, I would kind of massage it and say, well, you know, we're looking into that or something like that. And I'd walk away knowing that that was a problem because that person left with the idea that that was still valid. And he said, what I learned is I had to be willing to just simply say, no, that's false. And I knew that I was going to get pushback. But he said, I've had also had people come back to me who, who said something to that and said, I respected you for actually standing up and saying that. Outside of Mitt Romney, and even he has had a lot of spectacular uh, uh, failures on this line. Every Republican should be looking themselves in the mirror and talk about how many times somebody came up to them and spouted some kind of conspiracy theory about Barack Obama's birth certificate or Hillary Clinton's emails or whatever, or Benghazi or whatever the fuck. And instead of saying, instead of being brave and saying, nope, uh, we've looked into that. We had 40 some hearings on Benghazi. <laughs> I don't like her either, but that's not what happened. You know, they could do that. They they can do that. They choose not to do that. And this is the repercussion that we have in all of our circles. If you dig very deeply, you get somebody, and I'm sure there's somebody in, in your circle, in my circle, who's out oh. there saying, well, you know, uh, there are a lot of people asking questions about the election, Brad. Oh, my they're, God. Like, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Who are those fuckers? And, and, they're, <laughs> and those answers, those questions have been answered, by the way. And the answer is no. I hope yesterday when Susan Collins was being ushered into some room behind a locked door and had to crouch away from a window and a door, she was thinking to herself, ha, huh, he didn't really learn his lesson, no, he didn't did learn he? His lesson. I'm sure she was concerned. Uh, sure she was yeah, very gravely, gravely concerned. Let's talk for a minute about the 25th Amendment thing for the present, because I just feel like it's letting him off the hook, although I'm all for anything that gets him out of office, even for two weeks, and I love the embarrassment that it would be for him. What he deserves is to be impeached and removed. I mean, he deserves impeachment for yesterday. He did, and, and again, we probably, we might not get it. I understand that it's, it's, that's so unlikely that it's not worth pursuing for the final two weeks. Right. Explain to me what we get out of uh, out of using the 25th Amendment other than just getting rid of him for the last two weeks. Like, does it prevent him from running again? I, I don't believe that it does. Um, I don't think there's any scenario where it's a good thing for Trump to have the 25th Amendment invoked against him. Um, I don't I don't think it I don't think it does anything about his legal jeopardy. I, I could be wrong. Yeah. Right. We're we're in uncharted water. I mean, we've had impeachments before, obviously, but we have yeah. not had 
Fifth Amendment invoked like this. We've had it invoked when somebody was under surgery, when Reagan was was shot, that yeah. kind of stuff. Um, I I am all for it. I think this is the way to do it to get to get him mm-hmm. uh, out of any kind of power. The, the thing is, of course, if you invoke the Twenty Fifth in this case, you have to have a certain number of either the vice president has to be on board, right? And you either need a majority of the cabinet which is what I always thought it was, or of such other body as Congress may by law provide, transmit to the president pro temp of the Senate and the Speaker of the House, their written declaration that the president is unable to discharge the powers and duties of his office, then the vice president becomes uh, president. So, I mean, if, if this were in the middle of the year, this would be a, a brief timeout until he somehow got his way back in. In the case it is, it's running out the clock. If you can get him out of there, yeah. then by the time he gets any kind of appeal back in front and it's unlikely they'll take it up, then Biden's president and, and Trump is, is trying to flee to Scotland. <laughs> I'll be very curious to see where the polling is in terms of where people are because his polling went down after the election. Right. Uh, and, and Jennifer Rubin, I think, pointed some of that out. I can't imagine that his polling among suburban housewives has gone right. up. Uh, I'm, I'm not even sure how many traditional values farmers in Iowa are still going, you know, thumbs up to this guy. So <laughs> I, I think that the, it's the calculus has changed in a day. And, and I think it's going to take us some time to figure out exactly how much one of my, uh, actually it's a relative of mine compared yesterday to nine 11. And I think she was exactly right. Not, not obviously in the death toll or anything like that, not to, but in terms of having this kind of earth shattering kind of quaking moment where we're all sort of like wondering what is going to come out of this. And I think that's a very valid question and, and we won't know for a while. Right. Um, but there's a potential there for a schism within the Republican Party. There's a potential there of kind of an unveiling um, of Trump to people who have been kind of oblivious to it, have been like, well, he's just, you know, he's crude and he tweets too much, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Now you're like, no, he tried to overthrow the government and he tried to stick his mob of people that he was getting a chubby on. Sorry. <laughs> uh, uh, watching watching them storm the Capitol. He was he was aroused by that. I, I can almost guarantee. And I apologize. Mike Pence wasn't evidently furious about what happened at the Capitol. He was furious that he was thrown underneath the bus. Uh, that needs to be right, out there. Right, yeah. right. Which is laughable too. I mean, like you said, if you couldn't see that coming, he's literally thrown everyone under the bus. There's not yep. a single person. Nope. He's invited a few back. He's, he's rolled the bus back over and asked him to come back on, but right. he's still rolled over. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he, oh. he, I think he'd I think he'd throw Eric and Don Jr. under the oh. bus. I oh. think in a heartbeat. Ivanka the only person not. he might not is Ivanka. It might be Ivanka because he has he has a crush on her. Right. All right. Have we uh, have we raged enough? I mean, we got. I think got, so. I think uh, we should we close to- with the fact that, unfortunately, yesterday's events changed the whole tenor of what our pod could have been about. But we should not go without really praising Stacey Abrams oh and Georgia Lord. voters. They saved democracy, quite honestly. I mean, we, yep. because of them and because of their efforts, because of Georgia voters, because of Stacey Abrams' efforts, we do have two Democratic senators to even the score and allow right. Democrats to have a majority. I mean, a, it's a slim one, but you know, at least 
at least that gives us leverage and we don't yeah. have to be slaves to Mitch McConnell for the next That's four right. years. We're, we're going to have a situation where you can actually get a vote on something. I mean, that, yeah. that's I think that in somebody who's pro-democracy, that's what we want. You know, sometimes you're going to you win those votes and sometimes you're going to lose those votes. But at least right. you have the opportunity to put them out there, get people on the record for how they they stand. And then, you know, I like, like I said, you're going to get some some good people. We have a chance now to somebody said yesterday that um, uh, Stephen Breyer can now safely retire. We can replace uh, Supreme Court justice. Uh, we can actually, uh, and somebody said that Biden already has a list of judges that he's going to be pushing forward. He learned from Trump that way. So um, there's a lot yeah. ahead of us. There's a lot of things that are going to happen. We got, we still have some schisms within the Democratic Party between the progressive wing, but all these things that are there that are going to be the, be there next week and the week after and the month after. But, but yes, absolutely. Uh, hats off to Stacey Abrams. I mean, she is a brilliant woman. I mean, she is yeah. absolutely, she understands democracy in a way that I think most of us do not. And, and I, 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 for one, look forward to whatever she does next and, and the people around her that she is, is cultivating and, and teaching because this is, this is impressive stuff. And uh, I agree with you. Uh, somehow, I'm sure that, that uh, Reverend right. Warnock and, and, and John Ossoff are like, what the fuck? We had the news cycle for a whole 20 minutes. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. Duh. But I'm sure they'll take it, too, in terms of the win. I have plenty to talk about because uh, Trump's still going to do some shit. So, you know. <laughs> we still have two more weeks of this. Oh, my Lord. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's time for a state sale. A podcast on American democracy, because America is better than this.